the reading today is from 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 1 to 17. David and Jonathan. Then David fled from Naoth at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he's trying to kill me? Never, Jonathan replied. You are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything great or small without letting me know. Why should he hide this from me? It isn't so. But David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well that I have found favour in your eyes. And he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this or he will be grieved. Yet, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there is only one step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. So David said, look, tomorrow is the new moon feast and I'm supposed to dine with the king. But let me go and hide in the field until the evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me at all, tell him, David earnestly asked my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says, very well, then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he is determined to harm me. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I am guilty, then kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? Never, Jonathan said, if I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? David asked, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Come, Jonathan said, let us go out into the field. So they went there together. Then Jonathan said to David, I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, that I will surely sound out my father by this time the day after tomorrow. If he is favourably disposed towards you, will I not send you word and let you know? But if my father intends to harm you, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I do not let you know and send you away in peace. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father, but show me unfailing kindness, like the Lord's kindness, as long as I live so that I may not be killed, and do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his oath out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. This is the word of the Lord. 
My name is James and um, I've been part of this fellowship for about 20 years and I've been given the opportunity to speak this morning and I hope what I've got to say is helpful to you. It's part of a series on uh, King David um, and David was described as somebody who has a heart which was recognisable as being God's heart. It was so close that it could have been God's heart in many ways. So a heart of friendship is what the talk is entitled this morning. And if you were to list your, your favorite characters from the Bible, um, would David feature on that list? And assuming David was on your list, what events in his younger years would you consider most important? Perhaps you'd think about the shepherd years uh, when he protected his flock from bears and lions. Perhaps you would think of the time he was chosen amongst his seven brothers for God's special blessing from that anointing of Samuel. Perhaps you would recall the time where he killed the Philistine, Goliath, with his stone. Perhaps you remember the times when he led the Israelite army into great military victories. Perhaps you'd be impressed with his musical talents, which gave him the opportunity to live with, the, with King Saul and be part of his household for so many years. Whatever is on our list, I don't expect many of us would include the importance of Jonathan, that is Saul's son, of Jonathan's friendship. But without Jonathan's friendship, David would never have become king. In a, in a literal sense, friendship saves David's life. And friendship is a vital part of God's provision and protection for humanity. Part of his gifting of, for our well-being and a life well-lived. Perhaps I could have the first slide, David. Thank you. At this stage in King Saul's life, he is someone who could be described as a narcissist, someone who has a problem with jealousy, someone who has a troubled mind, someone who has anger issues, someone who has a hot temper, someone who is deceitful, someone who abuses power and position. Saul might have been Israel's king, but he is also a very damaged human being. When you get home, I encourage you to read 1 Samuel 18 to 20, a, a wider section um, of the Bible to get the whole picture of the stories that we're going to be referring to this morning. And when you read that, imagine what it would have been like to be around King Saul uh, during those days. Despite being a loyal servant, David becomes the main target for Saul's destructive behaviours. At this point in David's story, Saul hate, Saul's hatred for, for David is such that he instructs his son, Jonathan, uh, to take his life. He instructs his attendants to take the life of David. And Saul personally tries to pin a spear in David um, 
we are told that Saul is so beside himself um, at the thought of David that he can't even bring himself to say David's name. We read in our Bibles that it says, the son of Jesse. He can't even have the, the word David on his lips. And in terms of Michal, David's wife, um, Saul's daughter, he can't even bring himself to say her name either. He calls her the daughter of a perverse and rebellious woman. David, um, King Saul is going through a challenging period in his life. Next slide, please. And you may be thinking, uh, this happened many, many years ago. It's a piece of history. How is what James is saying relevant to me? Um, well, this Bible story, at the heart of this Bible story, is broken relationship. And whilst it is highly unlikely that we have relationships that are so damaged that we end up having spears thrown at us, uh, it is probable that we have experienced brokenness that hurts and harms us to the extent that, at least metaphorically, it feels like spears are being thrown at us. When our connection with someone we care about or someone who is important to us uh, becomes fractured, it causes us a lot of distress. What we see in verse 1 of uh, 1 Samuel 20 is David searches himself. What have I done? He wants to know whether there is anything in his behaviours that has caused the stresses and strains between himself and Saul. And in one sense, we need to remind ourselves that we all bring our, our flaws and weaknesses into our relationships. And sometimes we need to face up to how our words and our attitudes and our behaviours might have contributed to, to, to damaging the relationships we're involved in. Searching ourselves to see if there is something we've said or done um, that has resulted in a relationship becoming toxic is an important thing to do. David and Saul shared many significant moments together. And the breakdown of their connection is a very sad moment in Israel's history. Sometimes uh, we have a difficult relationship with a, a friend or a family member. Sometimes it will be with a neighbour or somebody we live close to. Sometimes it will be a work colleague. Sometimes it will be somebody who is even part of our church. The deeper our relationship, the more important the person has been to us, the rawer our feelings are likely to be when things don't work out. Next slide, please. David needs a friend. What David needed when his relationship with King Saul broke down was friends. And the same is true for us when we're dealing with brokenness. When we've got brokenness that we're are trying to work through, we need friends. At this time, David's support came from Jonathan, uh, King Saul's son, and Michal, King's daughter and David's wife. And there are some important points that I think we should note, two in particular. 
The first point is David, Jonathan had the courage to speak up for David. Jonathan had the courage to speak up for David. Have we ever been in a situation where somebody's coming under attack or being spoken of badly? Perhaps they're being criticised for holding a certain view or making a certain life choice. Whatever the issue, uh, the person under attack ends up being treated badly. How, how do we respond in such situations? I think there are, are broadly three pathways uh, we can follow. The first pathway I've entitled as a, the path of least resistance. This is um, a pathway where we join in with the negative comments, adding our own unhelpful stories or unconstructive thoughts or ideas. And if we choose that pathway, our words further damage the person who's being attacked by adding our own accusations, mocking or, or, or criticism. If we take that pathway, we assume a position which I would describe as a position of being better than or a position that could be described as more important than. And when we put ourselves on a pedestal, thinking ourselves as better than someone, thinking of ourselves as more important than someone, being on that pedestal makes it particularly difficult to follow Jesus. Standing on that pedestal and following Jesus are not well aligned. So that's the first pathway, the pathway of least resistance. The second pathway is one I've described as the path of anxiety. Perhaps we feel the safest um, ground is neutrality. To adopt this approach, we simply keep silent, listening to the negative, but not adding to it. This feels safe because in some ways it allows us to hide and re reduces the danger, certainly, of us being misunderstood and finding ourselves under attack, perhaps, because of something we've said. We can see from this story that when Jonathan spoke up for David, he was soon the target of Saul's next spear. We should remember that people who attack others are the kind of people that will attack us. They will certainly attack us if things don't go their way. So we have the pathway um, of least resistance, the pathway of anxiety, and a third pathway is a pathway of help and support. Um, this pathway, we follow this pathway when we choose to speak well about the person who is under attack. We focus on their good qualities, their redeeming attributes. Perhaps we could be the person who shows empathy and understanding for the struggles and challenges um, that are contributed to the broken, brokenness in the relationship. As a minimum, we should seek to be fair. And if it is within us, we should go beyond the point of fairness to being generous and kind. Recognizing that the person under attack is someone that God loves and wants to bless. 
We know that is certainly true in the case of, of David. David has already been taken to one side and had God's blessing put upon him by, by Samuel. But it's true of all people that God wants to, to bless us. And that is what the approach, that, the pathway that Jonathan takes. He reminds his father um, of the way David has helped him and the way that David has done no wrong toward him. We read about that in 1 Samuel 19, verse 4. So the first point is about our words. The second point that I want to make is about getting involved. We need to be prepared to get involved. Words alone are often not enough, and we need to be ready to take action to support the person under attack, to help secure a good outcome. Mikael, David's wife, takes a practical step of helping um, David evade harm by aiding his escape through a window in the middle of the night and then disguising his absence so David's got time to get away from the attack that Saul has instructed. And Jonathan, he expresses his friendship um, towards David by letting David know in imaginative ways um, his father's intentions. Jonathan looked out for, for David's well-being, allowing him to keep out of the way until the situation was safe. Sometimes when we read our Bibles, we lose track of the timeline. But actually, the time between these events happening and King David, David becoming king is about 10 or 12 years. So this was a long period in which um, David needed to keep out of the way. The friendship of Michal and David provided safety and a hiding place for David away from hostility. So how should we relate to that? Um, well, the, this morning I'd like us to recognize, as in the case of Jonathan and David, our friendship can be used by God to be part of their salvation story. Our friendship um, can be part of the salvation story. Being a friend is one of the most important things we can do in our lives. If you're there thinking, um, how, how can I have a, the most worthwhile life, most worthwhile experiences in life? Well, put on the top of your list, being a friend. That truth is embedded in the um, paraphrase that I'm going to um, give you of some of Jesus' most famous words, words we've already um, heard this morning from Matthew 22 or Luke 10. And my paraphrase is, seek to be God's best friend. And after that, seek to be a good friend to those you live amongst. And also be a friend to yourself. Friendship matters. It's a key part of a life well lived. Could have the next slide, please. Some of you might be wondering what's going on here. I've got a sponge and I've got three glasses with different colours in and some paper. 
Now, if I dip, dip the sponge in red paint, what colour mark do you think I'll get? Now, I don't think it came as a surprise to many people here that I got a red mark. Now, if I dip the sponge in the yellow paint, hoping for a blue mark, how likely do you think it is that I'll be successful? But actually, whilst we might think that is funny, some of us are making choices in our own lives where we're dipping our life in something or soaking our life in something, hoping for an outcome that is just completely detached from what we're doing. So using this analogy, what do I need to dip my life in or soak my life in to produce marks of friendship? Not yellow marks or red marks or blue marks, but marks of friendship. When it comes to friendship, there is much helpful instruction within the Bible. And to, to conclude the talk this morning, I've chosen some words from Philippians that I think are of great value when it comes to friendship. In the letter to the Philippians, the writer gives practical advice on how to be a good friend with the following direction. Whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If we soak ourselves by thinking about such things, it will help us to leave marks of friendship on the lives we encounter. If you want to practically know how you can be a friend of the kind that Jonathan was, then it, one of the, the, the practical steps we can take is spending a few moments a day thinking about that list that comes from Philippians. Soaking ourselves in that will help us to leave marks of friendship on the people we encounter. In the days ahead, I encourage you to join me in reflecting on our friendships. This is something we should do often. Especially thinking about the friendships that are going through challenging and difficult times. We may be involved in them, we may be observing them. And we ask for God's help and insight to become better friends to follow that courageous pathway of help and support as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen.